Nefesh HaChaim, we are speaking about Chaim Velazhna tells us that the preparation for learning is to have Yerushimayim. Not that the purpose of learning is Yerushimayim, but he already decried the danger of people who only look to learn and nothing else in order to achieve Yerah. But now he tells us that in order to learn, a person has to have a storehouse of Yerushimayim first. And the reason for that, he explains, is for a number, number of benefits. The first he spoke about was the fact that it brings a person to appreciation of the halacha. And the year needed for learning halacha is the willingness to accept the halacha. That we discussed in the previous year. The second point he brings is the first one has to focus on year or developing year before he learns. And the third one he brings is the person has to do tshuva. And what areas of limited terror are influenced by focusing on yira or by doing tshuva before one learns? So that's the next point that the Nefesh HaChayim explains to us. We're holding in Paragvav of Sharadarit, the second paragraph, and he says, even if people are involved in Agada, which means learning parts of the Torah which aren't based on Halacha and don't influence the Halacha, it doesn't mean that a person should learn them with less Yerushalayim. Why? Because Here also he's connected to the word of Hashem. The Torah in its entirety, its rules, its details, and even its Tiktukim, which means its fine points. Even what a Talmud is going to ask from his teacher, it was all already told from Hashem to Moshe Rasinai. And he brings a number of references for that from the Midrashim, from the Yerushalmi. And the last one he brings is from the Midrashim Shmois. It says, that it says, When HaKadosh Baruch Hu revealed himself at Har Sinai to give the Torah to the Jewish people, when he taught Moshe, when Moshe spent 40 days in the mountain, was Hashem went through the entire gamut of Torah knowledge. He taught the Mikra, which is the Tanakh, Mishnah, the standard of Mishnah, Halachis, Ba'agados, Shnema, Ba'yedaber, Lekim, Eskot, Barma'ele, Every part of the Torah was taught to Moshe Harsina. Now, we're going to just pause here for a moment to try and understand what's the import of that. We know and understand that the entire Torah was given to Moshe Harsina. What does that make a difference to the point that the Nefesh Chaim is trying to bring out? And that is the necessity of a level of Yerushimayim before a person does. So first, the concept that he's mentioning, that the entire Torah was given to Moshe Hasina. So, how does that explain itself? In other words, when we open up a Gemara, and we see something said in the name of Rav or Shmuel, or Abaye, Rav, whoever it might be, does that mean that this wasn't the Chiddush? They were just repeating what they heard from their teachers who had heard from their teachers that this is an unbroken transmission from Sinai. And they were the ones to record it, so it's mentioned in their name. 
But really it wasn't their innovation. They were just repeating a Messiah from Sinai. Or does it mean that maybe these were things that the Tanaim of Amaraim came to on their own? But we know that this must have been part of what was taught to Moshe at Sinai if it's indeed part of the Torah. And therefore, even though the Tanu Amaraim, who's quoting the concept being mentioned, didn't receive it as a tradition from his teachers. He came to it on his own. But we know that if it's part of the Torah, then that Torah was, po- was taught to Moshe Rabbeinu by Hashem as well. So which one is it? I heard from Mary Rabbi Moshe Shapiro in the Bracha that he said, you find the Pirkei that it details the tradition, the transmission of Torah, of the tradition. And it starts from Moshe to Yeshua, and then to the Zakanim and to the Nevim, and to the ancient Yisra Gedal. Now in those six or seven short words, the transmission, transmission to the Zakanim, to the Nevim, to the ancient Yisra Gedal, we're spanning a period of a thousand years of Jewish history. And every Torah leader during that thousand years received the Torah and transmitted the Torah to his students, whoever came was next in the line. And yet, none of them are mentioned by name. They're either part of a bigger category of generations called the Skanim or the Nevim, but they aren't given the specific names of who they were. And it's only after when we talk about Shimon and Tzadik and afterwards his disciples and eventually the later to name where individual people are being quoted. And what's the difference? If you can talk about the transmission of Torah words from Moshe to Yeshua, to the Zgainim, to the Nevim, then you can say to the Tanaim, to the Amorim. And if you're going to mention each individual link in the chain by name, we're going to talk about Shimon and and following him, Antigonus ben Seichai, and after Jesse ben Yechon, Yosef ben Yezer, and so forth, then we could have named the Nevim too. We could have said Eli, to Shmuel, to David Melech, to God, to Nasan, to Chiyashiloni, and so on. Why here were these Doris grouped together in a category which isn't unnamed the Nevim and later on each individual is mentioned by per- personally? And we can also ask another question. And that is why were the first Doris we aren't given in specific instructions or quotations from any, any particular Zokain or Nabi? And when it comes to the Tanaim we are. And Ramesh Shapira answered using the principle of the Maral. The Maral, we learnt this in Avos, the Maral begins Perkavos with the observation that there's a change in the Posuk. The Posuk starts Moshe Kibel Torah Misinai. So we're talking about the recipient. We're talking about the recipient and, the fo- and he's the subject of the sentence. Moshe received Torah from Sinai. And then it changes tense and now the subject of the sentence isn't the recipient, but rather the giver. And he gave it to, the, to Yeshua, who gave it to the Skadim, who gave it to the Nevim, who gave it to Ashkenaz And then from then on, it goes back to the recipient again. Shimon HaTzadik received from Ashkenaz Lagadayla, Antigonus and Shekha received from Shimon HaTzadik. So asks the Maral, what's the disparity? Either mention all the links in the chain from the perspective of the giver, or 
all the link, mention all the links in the chain from the perspective of the recipients. But why change in the middle? And what the morale teaches us is a, something we understand very well. I'm going to give you two sentences. And if you think, you'll see that they're not at all the same. Let's talk about a Rebbe and a Talmud. So I could say, everything the Rebbe knew, he taught his Talmud. Or I could say, everything the Talmud knew, he learned from his Rebbe. That's not at all the same thing. To say from the perspective of the Talmud, that everything he knew he learned from his Rebbe, maybe has limited his knowledge to what his Rebbe taught him. But it could be that his Rebbe knew much, much more than that, which he didn't teach him. Whereas if we're going to say, everything that the Rebbe knew he taught to his Talmud, it means that he's transmitted everything he knew himself. We understand, there's a very big difference between them. Therefore, says the Maral, that's the difference between when Pirkeavos is talking about the giver or the recipient. If we're talking about the giver, it means everything he had, he gave. If we're talking about the recipient, it means everything that he received was from the teacher, but it could be a lot he didn't receive. And with that in mind, let's look at the Mishnah again. Moshe Kibel Torah Misinai. Everything Moshe knew, he knew from Sinai. Does that mean that everything Hashem knew, he taught to Moshe? Not at all. But whatever Moshe did know, he got from Sinai. Which means everything that Moshe knew he gave to Yeshua. It's all talking about being Moser. Which means the tradition of Torah was passed down from one generation to the next in its entirety. And that's why during the entire span of those thousand years we don't find any arguments because there was a tradition. And every halacha, what the halacha was. And it was only following the period of the Anshinesa that there started to be a, a, a drop in the level of the students. That they didn't, they didn't receive everything from their teachers, and therefore there would be things they didn't know. And therefore, there was now the necessity of being confronted with the halacha where we don't have a messiah. The teacher may have known, but the students didn't. And that's why it goes back to the Russian Kibbeh. Because now we've gone back to what the student, each student, what he knew he received. But it wasn't everything the teacher had to teach. But now what do we do in such a case? What do we do in a case where there's information which has been lost? And now we need to know what's the right thing to do and we don't have that reference of what was done in the past. So we have a precedent for this. Our precedent is the Gemara. And the Gemara says that in the time we may Evla Shel Moshe, during the period of mourning for Moshe, 3,000 halachas got forgotten. And now, there wasn't a Moshe Rabbeinu alive to ask anymore. There wasn't opportunity to just ask to, for Moshe to, so to speak, to give them the answer from Hashem. So how they were, were they going to know what to do in these 3,000 cases? 
And the Gemara says that there was a Talmud Chacham at the time called the Sneel Knes, and he managed on his own to deduce what the Rocha would be from the Torah knowledge that they still had, whether it was through Kalvachoyimah or through logic or whatever the case might have been. Now, those 3,000 halachas which Asnil ben Knaz restored, so let's ask the question, were they given to Moshe at Sinai? Yes, they were. Did Asnil ben Knaz relate them to us in the context of this is what I received as a tradition from Sinai? No, because those halachas were forgotten. And therefore we understand that it's a good example of a Sinrul. In the case of Asnil ben Knaz, what we're saying is, even those things that he managed to come to on his own, we know that what he said lined up with what was said at Sinai. So we're not saying that every Tanu Amor who said something was merely repeating information that they had had his own Messiah from Sinai. There were times when like the Rambam says, because the transmission wasn't complete from door to door. So there were situations or scenarios where the Allah wasn't not. And it was up to the Tanoim of the time to try and work out from the rules that the Torah can be deduced from, from the Sfarah, from whatever other means they had, what the Allah was going to be in those cases. But, if they were Mechavan to the MS, then Batson they were only restoring what had been known to Moshe from Sinai. In other words, there isn't a case in Torah which Hashem didn't teach Moshe. And that's the Yisad. That's the Yisad Bawda Tanayim Vamarayim. Now, Dr. Rambam writes that in the Dairis Farin Ashkenazagadayla, so because of the, the political climate there is Israel and the various times when Tabirik Chachamim were pursued and forbidden from learning Torah, so that the possibility of a Talmud learning everything that his teacher at the time was no longer. And that's what the Rambam explains in the beginning of Pesha Mishnahis, why there became so many Mechlaikasim. This is Tamim Shalashim Shakal which means they didn't learn everything that their teachers had to tell them. And in matter they became more and more points, which there wasn't a Messiah that they remembered, and it became something which they had to try and work out on their own. And therefore, Really, when we find the Tanu and Amura telling us something, it's their Torah. It's Torah that they worked on, and this is the conclusion that they came to. But what we're being told by the Midrash, what we're being told by the Gemara, is that you should know what the, what the conclusion that they came to, if indeed it's Torah, was said to Moshe Hasinah. The Gemara says this in Baba Basra. The Gemara says about the Chacham Adif Minavi, the greatness of a Chacham, and that is that they say something and we find out afterwards that it was said as Halakha la Moshe Misina. It was something which was transmitted to Moshe Hasinai. And how would a Chacham come to himself? That's the Yisrael we're talking about. And that is through their understanding of Torah, they're able to come back to points of the Torah which weren't given in a Messiah because maybe that Messiah had been forgotten. But nevertheless, the Torah hasn't been lost. And therefore we can arrive back at that same point again. And that's what Chazal is saying when they say even what the Talmud asks was given to Moshe Hasinai and obviously what the Talmud asks isn't something he got as a Messiah. He didn't get a Messiah of the question. This was something he came to, the question he asked. And it was part of what was given to Moshe Hasinai too, which means what people can understand from the Torah, if they're learning the Torah right, 
was also a part of the Torah which was given in Harasinai. That's therefore when we talk about the, to answer the questions we asked before, the, when we talk about an office, the various steps of the Messiah, we mention each person by name. The understanding is because each one is a different level. It wasn't like the period of Navim, where every Navi transmitted the Torah to the next Navi, and there were no questions which were left unexplained, and the Navi had to work it out on their own. And then we can say the transmission was the transmission of the Navi to Navi to Navi, which was transmitted remained the same. Whereas when it came to this level of Tanaim, and each level took from the one before, but less than the the level before had, so then each has to mention by name, because each one is a separate step of transmission, a separate amount of transmission. Now, let's not think that there was some minor difference from one level to the next. There was one or two halachas which weren't transmitted, and therefore the, there was a difference between the Torah which the teacher learned and the Torah which the student learned. There would be like some few minor points or some insignificant detail. The difference could have been tremendous. I'm just going to give as an example the Gemara in the at the end of the sixth parak, where it says Rebeliyaze Agadol, one of the early to know. Before he died, he says that Harbei Torah Lamalati Mirabaisai. I learned a lot of Torah from my teachers, but the amount that I learned compared to what they knew to teach was compared to the amount that a dog could drink from the sea. And that's a tremendous marshal. Even if a dog is thirsty, and drinks and drinks and drinks and drinks until it reaches the capacity of how much water a dog can drink. So the dog thinks, I drank so much, I can't put in another drop, I'm full. That might be. But how much is that in comparison to the size of the sea? And therefore, the drop between one generation and the next could be extremely dramatic. So to say that Rabbi Diaz, in that circumstance, he called himself a dog that drank from the sea. That he learned everything he knew from his teacher, yes. But was it everything his teacher had to teach? Very, very far from it. And therefore, there became more and more things which the Talmud needed to work out on their own. Because they didn't have a transmission on this from their teachers. Now, if you're already mentioning Rabbi Eliezer, there's an obvious question on this. Because the Gemara says about Rabbi Eliezer that he never said something that he never heard from his teachers. And nevertheless, we find many, many Mishnais where Rabbi Eliezer's opinion is quoted. So if you, he never said anything he didn't hear from his teachers, how can you quote his opinion? It's really the opinion of his teachers. This is a good question. I want to answer it. We've mentioned this principle before, but I'm going to say it again. Something which... It's brought in Chivas Rashi. Besides for his writings on the Shas and on Tanakh and on everything else, Rashi also wrote the Sefer of Chivas. Responses to questions or discussions with the other Rabbanim of his time. And in one of Rashi's Chivas, he sent a question by his son, Rabbi Meir. And there had been a certain question in Hichl's Trefus where Rashi was Machmir. And all the other Rabbanim of France were making. And Rabbi Meir sends his father in Shaila to say that he had heard the rumor that Rashi had changed his mind when he heard that all the other Rabbanim of France held not like him, and he wanted to know if that was true. So Rashi writes back. Rashi writes to him. He says, I didn't change my mind. And you should know, not only didn't I change my mind, he says, I never will change my mind. Why not? 
So he says, because the opinion that I expressed wasn't my own opinion, it was the opinion of Rabbi Nagashim. And therefore, obviously, I'm not at liberty to change the shit of Rabbi Nagashim. Now, so far, there's no big chiddush in the church. Of course, if a person's quoting somebody else, then he's accurately telling you what someone else holds, and then, of course, there's nothing to argue about. But the bombshell comes in the next line. And Rashi says, and that's what I told you, that this is the opinion of Rabbi Nagashim. I never heard Rabbi Nagashim say this. So how can I tell you this is Rabbi Nagashim's opinion? He says, Rabbi Nagashim, I never heard the Shadah come up by him. And I never heard what he would say about the Shadah. But since since my mind and my thoughts and the way I think are from him, and therefore I've trained myself to think the way that Rabbi Nagashim would think, and therefore, if I'm telling you that in this question, this is the way Rabbi Nagashim would have answered it, I'm telling you that that's the Pshat. This is what Rabbi Nagashim holds. Once again, it's a tremendous Chiddush. And Rashi could confidently say, this is Rabbi Nagashim's opinion, even though he never heard it from Rabbi Nagashim, but he knows Rabbi Nagashim held. And that's the same idea here. Rabbi Eliezer never said something he didn't think Rabbi Yechon Zahir would say. His Rabbi. But there were cases when Rabbi Eliezer tells us this is what Rabbi Yechon Zahir would have said in this case. And that could be something he never heard from Rabbi Yechon Zahir directly, but he understood from how Rabbi Yechon Zahir learned to explain the story, this is what he would have held. So the principle we're coming at from this first point of Nefesh Shachai, and that is the Chochmah, the Torah, that a Talmud asks that somebody comes to understand was really part of the Torah which was given to Moshe at Sinai. We're not being Mechadish, a different Torah. This was all originally given to Moshe at Sinai. And when we learn Torah, we come back to that again. That's the principle that we've learned from the Nefesh Achai. And that applies to all parts of Torah. Mishnah, Mikra, Agada, Halacha, all the parts of Torah that there are, were all given to Moshe Har Sinai. And we may not have gotten this by Messiah, but when we learn that we, can, we come back to an awareness of that same Torah. There's another question one could ask of me. And that is, if that's the case that everything is Halacha and Moshe Misinai, so we have a question on the Rambam. Because the Rambam writes in his Haktama to his Yara Chazaka, that something which is there's no argument about whether it's something like for example the shear of a kazais or a revis or concepts like a godasik or daifinakom or whatever it's going to be ideas which says the Rambam no time argued with it was unanimously accepted and if we're saying now that everything was so what's the difference why are there some things when there is the makhlaikas and the answer is very partial. Everything is the Mashiach Messina. Of course, the entire Torah. Every detail like we saw before. But, some things Klai Yisrael remembers Halakha Mashiach It was passed down as a Messiah. And therefore, things like that, there is a Messiah, this is what was told to Moshe, there's nothing to argue about. The Messiah is a Messiah. Those times when there isn't a Messiah, there's no one who can say confidently, I have a Messiah, this is what was said. And therefore, something which needs to be analyzed and understood 
by the Chachamim of the time, then it's possible to come to disagreement. Then it's possible to have different opinions. What was said to Moshe Asinah? And if that's the case, then what's really the answer? If two different Tanayim, two different Amarayim have different opinions of what the Torah means, and they have different opinions as what was told to Moshe Asinah, what's the real answer? What was told to Moshe Asinah? So that's why the Nefesh Chaim then brings the Sugya of the Mechlegas between Rabbi Aviyasar and Rabbi Anasan. The Messiah is getting them jumping through and reading inside. It says, "Kedashem b'kare kamei the getting, kamei pelagish begeva v'tizner of pelagshay." Rabbi Yosef Amis vuv matzala, Rabbi Anasan never matzala. What exactly was the story which happened? There's a Mechlegas between these two Amirai. V'ashkar Rabbi Yosef liyahu, and Amalei Michael Avid kod shebrichu. We were busy arguing with Medrash about the Pshat and the Apostle. What does Hashem do? Hashem was holding in the same sugi. What did Hashem say? He said, Rabbi Yosef ben Yikach Which means that really they were both part of the Torah. And therefore those times when there's an argument, so we said yes last time, an argument in the Pshat of the Eid of the Eid of the the Pshat is that really HaKadosh Baruch Hu said both of them. He told Moshe that the Pshat is being written in such a way which could be explained like this and could be explained like that. And like we saw HaKadosh Baruch Hu chooses when to write things in such a way where it's clear and it's, there's no other possible way of understanding and when he chose to write things in a way where there are different perspectives and it could be understood in different ways. Now, if you're going to ask what did Moshe Rabbeinu and his Beistin do, they obviously had to pass in one way or the other. They did. We don't know what that was. But what, what does it say in the Torah? That's we know that the Torah we got from Moshe included both options. If they're both valid interpretations of Torah, then Moshe would have been taught both of them. And that's why here we have an argument. Pshat and Apostle between Rav Yos and Rav Yonasan. So they're both Torah. Not only that, that's how HaKadosh Baruch Hu says it over. That there's, the, the, it's going to be, the, the Torah says like this, the Torah says like this. We once found the Zara in the Zara Chodosh. That the Zara talks about a machlekes between Abai and Rava. The Zara was written by the Tanaim, which was a few hundred years before them. So we have the question, how could it mention the machlekes of Amorai? But the answer is, it's not really a question. Based on the principle we learned now, it's probably many of the machlekes that Amorai had later were discussed by the Tanaim before. Just, that transmission got lost. And if that's the case, when they came to discuss the sugya, they came to learn it up, really the, the, the understanding they came to was really the understanding which they had always been. It wasn't that they had it been Messiah, but they, they managed to deduce on their own the different opinions, the different ways of looking at it, which had been discussed and already been argued about generations before. We find this so many times in the Gemara. There's a machlokes between the Amoraim, and that the Gemara says, Tanya Nami Hochi, we have a price instead of this also. We see the exact same thing was Nochlagis from the Tanai. And that's besides for the concept we're learning now. That all the Torah we're learning was really said by Moshe Sinai. It also shows us the authenticity of Torah. And in every Dar, the Chacham come back to the same points again. Now. That's the first, that's the principle that Shachai wanted to teach us. What we need to explain is the second question, which we didn't get to, we didn't get to today. I told you for the next year, and that is, why is this principle that the Torah I'm learning now is a Torah which was given to Moshe Rabbeinu, 
Why is that going to increase my year Shemaim before I learn? Because like we saw, the Shechem is trying to explain that a person needs the Oitzer of year before they learn because the Torah they're learning is the Torah which is given in Har Sinai. What's the one going to do with the other one? And not only that, the Shechem, if you're going to see, goes a step further than that. And he says, not only then, but whenever a person learns Torah, HaKadosh Baruch is learning it now as well. HaKadosh Baruch is learning with the person. That's the time we skipped before. At the time when a person is learning Torah here, any word of Torah that he expresses, HaKadosh Baruch is learning that Sugi with him. And then he brings a rhyme from the Gemara we saw before. And when over here in the Best Medrash in this world, they were arguing about the Sugi of the Pelagosh Begiver, that's what was being discussed in Shemaim too. And then here again we can ask the question, why is that necessary? Why is it necessary for Hashem to be learning now the same sugya that people are learning? That's the first part. And again, why does that increase the Yerush a person has in order to be able to learn? So yes, we're finishing this parish in the middle. But as I said, next year, Nachsler, Manishni, Perak, we'll come back and explain these two questions.